If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 83 of the Leading Learning Podcast. This time around, we talk to Derek Warnick and Scott Kober, the two people behind what is easily the hippest event in the world of continuing medical education, CME Palooza. Before we get to the interview, though, we want to take a moment to thank Castle, our sponsor for the second quarter of 2017. Castle is an accomplished full services certification and licensure testing company that also offers its clients a variety of learning solutions capabilities. With an expert team of testing and instructional design professionals and a 30-year history of excellence in its field, Castle understands what it takes to develop and deliver quality learning and certification programs. To find out more about Castle's custom learning solutions, go to leadinglearning.com slash castle. We also want to make sure Leading Learning podcast listeners are aware that there is also a Leading Learning newsletter. And we use this as a way to share high-value resources that we come across each month. And we package those up into a brief email that you can read and digest quickly. So if the Leading Learning podcast is audio intelligence for learning leaders, and we sincerely believe it is, then the Leading Learning newsletter is inbox intelligence for learning leaders. You can get the details and sign up by going to leadinglearning.com slash newsletter. And I'll mention too that the Leading Learning newsletter, like this podcast, is both high value and completely free. And that description also applies to CME Palooza. Jeff, you had the chance to find out more about that event. How did your conversation with Derek Warnick and Scott Kober go? It was a great conversation. Uh, CME Palooza is something that's been on my radar screen for a a number of years now. Um, As you noted, it is a uh, free event. It's very high value. For those uh, listeners, we we talk about what it is exactly in the context of the the interview, but for those listeners who may not be uh, tuned into the existence of CME Palooza or know exactly what it is, it is an online event. Um, takes place twice a year at this point, and it is aimed at individuals who work at um, uh, creating and delivering continuing medical education or CME experiences. And this is a you know a one day event where they uh, pull together experts in, in topical areas to to have them uh, deliver sessions online and try to keep those uh, as interactive as possible sessions online. And they use uh, free tools to to do this. So you know this was a great opportunity to talk with. Derek Eric and Scott about, uh, you know, what CME Palooza is, how it came about, uh, how it's worked, um, the, you know, the technology be behind it, and what organizations who might want to take advantage of uh, this type of really kind of, you know, grassroots model for pulling together a, a, a great educational experience, what they might, you know, want to think about, take into consideration uh, to capitalize on the, the lessons that Derek and, and Scott have learned. Well, that sounds great. So let's get on with the interview. Hello, this is Jeff Cobb, and I am very excited about the show we have lined up for today. If you are even remotely interested in creative, low-cost, and yet highly effective ways to deliver educational experiences, then you are in for a treat. 
In this episode, we're going to take a close look at what I think has to be the hippest learning event in the world of continuing medical education, CME Palooza. And you can find out all about CME Palooza at cmepalooza.com. And we're definitely going to dig into exactly what it is here in a minute. But first, I want to welcome the event's co-founders, Derek Warnick and Scott Kober. Derek and Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. And that's Thanks, by Jeff. far the nicest thing anyone's ever said about the two of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think Derek has has uh, ever been associated with anything described as hip in his lifetime. Come on. Well, the, the the bar in the continuing medical education world is probably fairly low, but uh, you guys have definitely <laughs> it's very high. It's extremely high. You'd you've you've, you've now set it high. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being here, you know, and I, and I definitely want to talk about what CME Palooza is and, and also, you know, find out what you've learned from it that you might be able to share. But before we do that, you know, I want to make sure listeners know a bit about who the two of you are. And so, Derek, I know you work in healthcare education for Pfizer, the, the big drug company. So what, what does your average day look like there? Ooh, uh, so my average day is, uh, I mean, I do a lot of, so we're, uh, you know, the medical education arm, uh, so to speak, uh, of the company. So uh, a lot of grant review, uh, putting together call for grant applications, reviewing grants, uh, that makes up, I'd say, the large part of my day. And Scott, uh, if I understand correctly, you're an entrepreneur and, you know, you have a company called Medcase Writer. And... I mean, that, that seems like a really specific niche sort of business, writing medical case studies. What, what took you down that path? Um, so, so I sort of have a, I have a journalism background. Um, so when I moved into um, writing about healthcare, I sort of uh, kind of created a niche in continuing medical education. And certainly, I don't, I don't exclusively write case studies, but that's a lot of what I do. Um, more broadly, I kind of I, I mostly will develop content for um, medical education programs, whether it's case studies or something else. <clears throat> great, great, and and uh, so now you've turned that turned that into an actual company, an actual uh, business, which uh, I'm, I'm certainly a fan of, having been an entrepreneur myself for for most of my life. So let's let's now then talk about this creation uh, of yours, CME Palooza. And I mean, first of all, I, I have to ask, are, are, are both of you big music fans? Because I'm, I'm assuming that the name had to be inspired by, by Lollapalooza, the, the, the big famous music festival. Is that, is that, is that right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, <laughs> it's hard for us to say that. No, we came up with the Palooza all on our own. It had uh, nothing else to do with it. But uh, yeah, it sort of did. It, just because of the... Uh, the history behind how we uh, or we put it together, um, the Lollapalooza certainly played into it. Plus, I thought it sounded cool. So, oh, it, it definitely does sound cool. It goes back to you know <laughs> setting that bar high in uh, in medical education. And so, uh, who gets the credit for the idea be- between the two of you? I mean, did you come up with it together, or did one as we come up with it and have to sell the other one on it? Uh, so, I guess I I get credit with the original idea. Um, it started, uh, I won't give you the long-winded history of it, but I mean, basically a couple years, well, 2014, maybe something like that. Um, you know, in our our area, there is, uh, you know, the big annual conference, the, um, help me out here, Scott, the Alliance for Continuing Education mm-hmm. of Healthcare Professions. So I get all the, the words right. 
Close um, enough. Yeah, yeah. So that's the big annual conference every year. And as part of that, you can submit abstracts and everyone or different people can present. Um, and there had been, I'd had a couple of years in a row where I was, you know, they were gracious enough to accept my abstract and then my it, what I had in mind kind of got changed, uh, you know, from my original idea of what I wanted to present on. And I'd talked to a number of other people who didn't get accepted and they were disappointed. And I started to think of this idea of how sort of a, an offshoot uh, kind of conference where, you know, people could just submit ideas and everyone could, uh, could present anyone who wanted to. Um, and so that's sort of the Lollapalooza connection is, you know, all these little offshoot concerts that came off of the main stage of Lollapalooza. So that's sort of how I was thinking of with, with CME Palooza. Um, and so that very first, the first time that I did it, um, I did it solo. Scott wasn't on board at that point. Um, and basically I put out a call, anyone who wanted to be able to submit, the Roni rule basically was that it had to be something related to CME. Mm -hmm. um, and anyone who said, you know, submitted an abstract was accepted and it had, I don't know, 23 presentations from a half hour to an hour in length over two days. It was a little much uh, for one person <laughs> to do. Uh, and so that's when, uh, and then Scott came on board after that. So that very initial one I did on my own and then uh, Scott's been on board. Well, that's that's a, a significant thing to to take on by yourself. I mean, it sounds sounds quite chaotic. I'm sure it was uh, you know, as I say, herding cats to to get it all to work. Um, I mean, it was, you, yeah, it was a bit. I'm sure. Could you could you take a minute for the the uninitiated? And um, I think people are probably getting a, a sense of what CME Palooza is. But uh, I mean, what what is the experience of CME Palooza? What does it involve? You know, involve if somebody signs up. Um, and this is an online uh, event, uh, you know, I'll preface, um, you know, focused on medical education, you know, but beyond that, what, what is, what is somebody going to get if they sign up for this? So, uh, so CME Palooza, we have two, uh, annual events. We have one in the spring, which we just concluded, uh, in April, and then we have one in the fall in October. And so they are both full day, uh, educational, uh, and I guess events. So we have, Typically, we have one-hour sessions, so we'll go from usually either uh, 9 or 10 in the morning Eastern time until about 5 in the afternoon. And for each of our um, sessions, we try to kind of, you know, we, we, we have a variety of topics, and we try to, you know, get, get interesting panels together. We try to get different sorts of approaches to each of the sessions. And one of the nice things is because it's just Derek and I who are planning this, um, there's, there's no committees to go through. Mm. Um, so we, so, so we get to be pretty creative, um, with, with the kind of sessions that we're able to provide. Um, we've tried all sorts of kind of, um, you know, kind of unique sorts of things. So it's not just, you know, let's get this group to back together for an hour to talk about a topic. We'll kind of, you know, mix things up and, and we've done, you know, I think what we called, uh, our, our Puntu Lure 2 sessions, which I'm sure Derek will talk about a little bit later. Um, but, um, you know, it's, we get to have fun with it, um, which, which I think is one of the things that Derek and I really like about it and our, and our audience really likes about it. We're sort of, a, uh, I think we call our, all, all people call ourselves, you know, the unconference or, you know, but, you know, we, we sort of have a personality of being fun um, and, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I think that that's one of the things that our audience kind of really enjoys about our, our marketing campaign and our kind of lead up. And then, um, you know, we're, we're a little more casual than your button down suit and tie, um, you know, live, live activity. We're sort of burying the lead here, though. I don't think we've even mentioned that this is all done by Google Hangouts. Mm -hmm. um, so every session that we do, 
um, again, sort of the impetus for this was I had been fooling around with it back when Google Plus, um, rest in peace, I guess we can say now since it's basically, I don't know if Google Plus even still around, then <laughs> Hangouts sort of are, but um, I had been fooling around with some Hangouts and realized, uh, again, at the same Alliance conference, uh, I, there was a, a colleague of mine who was getting ready to do a presentation up on the main stage and had someone who had helped him put his slides together and done a lot of work, but she was over in the UK and couldn't be at the conference and was expressing disappointment that she couldn't watch the session. And I thought I could probably just do a hangout and use my laptop and she can watch it and did that. It was the first time I'd ever done any kind of a hangout and just, you know, had my laptop in the conference room. I realized later I probably should have asked someone first before I did that, but it all worked out <laughs> in the end. Um, and that was at that point I realized like, I bet we could use these hangouts to just do different sessions like this throughout the day and people could, could tune in. Um, so we use a combination of, you know, our website is, we use a WordPress uh, website. And so we have a page where we, you know, every hour we put up uh, the next streaming video for the next session. And we go throughout the day uh, doing that. And you, you said, you know, that was uh, burying the lead to not say that, but another part of burying the lead is this is free. I mean, people, yes. people don't have to pay to do this, yes. right? That is correct. <clears throat> yeah. Go ahead, Scott. I interrupted. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, and I think that, that, that that's always kind of our one of our principal tenets is, you know, it's, it's free for anybody to watch. You can watch live. You can watch the archive version. Um, we have every session since, since Derek started this um, on his own in 2014 is up on our website. Um, and, you know, not only is the conference free to, uh, to anybody who participates, but... Uh, we spend, I think, about twenty dollars a year. Um, 18, actually, eighteen dollars a year. That that those are our out-of-pocket costs for the conference. So with mm-hmm. this, this is sort of a a sort of you know a a, a really a, a do-it-yourself conference from 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 every perspective. I, th- I think you're probably making some event planners at associations cry right now when they hear eighteen dollars <laughs> for a successful two-day uh, event. Um, th- that's that's fantastic. So so how how then precise a read do you have on you know how many people do a- attend each year and and what they're getting out of it? Those those sorts of metrics. So, 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 what you get when you're uh, in in Google Hangouts is um, you you get a count of the number of computers that are log that are actually um, viewing the session. Um, so, you know, so let's say we'll get a hundred. Let's say we'll get 125, you know, computers that are that are viewing a specific session. <clears throat> that doesn't necessarily mean there's 125 people watching the session. We've talked to lots of folks who say they'll, they'll, they'll put CME Palooza on in their conference room. People can come and go mm-hmm. throughout the day. So there may be five people that are watching, but that only counts as sort of one view for us. Um, one of the nice things about Google Hangouts is it's, 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 uh, it's synced with YouTube. So all the sessions, right. as soon as they're done, are automatically archived on YouTube. On, on YouTube, there's nothing that we have to do to archive the sessions. Um, so all we all we need to do to put the archives up on our website is to plop the um, YouTube embed feed um, onto onto the website, which is which which is another really really great um, uh, value of using Google Hangouts for this kind of thing. Yeah, I think that is a great aspect of Hangouts, and uh, a lot of people I, I don't think have really tuned in to that uh, being one of one of the major upsides of that particular tool. In fact, I haven't I haven't seen it adopted as, as broadly as it might be for um for continuing education. Now, a- along with um, Google Hangouts, you do also make uh, quite a bit of use of uh, Twitter, if, if I'm not mistaken, and the, and the hashtag is is that correct? 
Yeah, that's sort of our <clears throat> the tools that we use. You know, we use um, for our our marketing. We don't have any sort of an email list, um, but we do have. So we use WordPress and we have the blog. People can sign up uh, for the blog, and so every time you know, we do any kind of a new blog entry, uh, it shows up in their inbox. So we have I don't know over three hundred or so uh, people who have signed up. For the blog, we use Twitter, uh, we use CME Blues, a hashtag. Um, we use it throughout the year just to give out little announcements. And then during the actual uh, event, the day of the event, we'll use that for people to be able to ask questions as well, as well as announcing you know, what the next session is and that sort of thing. Um, we give three different options during, uh, in order to sort of increase interactivity or try to. Uh, we give three different options for people to be able to ask questions during the sessions. They can either tweet their question using CME Blues hashtag. Uh, they can send us, we have a, a text line that we use to Google voice number that we put together. And so it'll automatically uh, send text uh, to both of us. Um, so they can text the, and, and we've also, back in the old days when it was Google Hangouts run by uh, Google Plus, they had a really nice Q&A app that you could use, um, which worked great. Then when uh, Google Hangouts became basically YouTube Live, that um, they call it now, they took that app away, unfortunately. Um, Scott, though, figured out a nice way. We use Google Slides, uh, also has a really easy, simple, easy way for people to be able to ask questions. Um, so we use that as well. So we have give them three different options for being able to ask questions. Uh, even with that, people still find other ways <laughs> to ask questions by leaving comments on the blog in random <laughs> places that uh, before they <laughs> come to us. And we find these questions later on, like, oh, someone left a question here. Uh, so we're still, <laughs> we're still fine-tuning the process. <laughs> well, that's a good sign, though. You've got a crowd motivated, motivated enough to try <laughs> to figure out how to ask that question, whatever it is. Um, and so you've you've just recently completed the um, the spring 2017 CM Palooza, and um, we'll definitely you know point folks to the the archives for that, and you just go to cmpalooza.com archive to, uh, to to find those, I believe. But um, what what were some of your big takeaways from from this year, and you know how how did it compare to to years previously? Well, I, I mean, I, th I think one of the big things every year is, you know, when when you when you're getting a, a you know reasonably large group of of, of folks together for um, any sort of you know uh, video program, online video program, um, you know, technology can be both a um, you know a an opportunity and it can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you know, I th I think. Both Derek and I, this spring, this was probably um, you know our best year from a, from the perspective of having um, limited kind of you know emergency hurdles to kind of jump over, um, you know last minute hurdles, you know getting getting someone's video feed working right, getting their audio feed to work correctly. Um, I don't think you, we've you really guys both ever have had day jobs, right? So this is a <laughs> we do kind of yeah. a labor of love, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 you know, I mean, I mean, we we do test every we we do a test with everyone in advance just to, just to make sure that they have audio and video capabilities, um, and to try to forestall some of those emergency on you know day of problems, um, but but they'll still crop up from time to time. Um, but I think that, you know, we, we've done this enough and sort of, we know how to troubleshoot pretty well by now. So I think this spring was, you know, I think my biggest takeaway was, was I think, you know, we're, we're now to the point where, you know, people are familiar enough with the technology. We have, you know, returning faculty a lot of times, and even with the new folks, um, you know, we're, we're, we're a little more savvy in sort of walking them through some of the issues that, um, folks might have with, with the Google Hangout technology. Yeah, I agree. I, 
would second that. That was sort of one of my big takeaways as well. The technology keeps getting better and better. I should stress, too, for people who want to try this, it is actually really fairly easy uh, to do. We by no means are, uh, you know, technology experts. Um, we've learned some things just because we've done so many of these. But honestly, the way we get our faculty, our faculty onto the session is we, you know, we, we call the Hangout, we, put, we grab the link, and we send it in an email uh, to the people who are participating in the session as faculty, and they click on the link and come on. That's really <coughs> it, basically. Mm. Some of, uh, <laughs> although I will say there's some people that even that can prove to be a little bit of a yeah. challenge. So we do have to work with them some. Um, because we work in healthcare, uh, we have people who are behind some pretty fierce firewalls, whether they be in you know, a, a, a pharmaceutical company or in a hospital setting. Uh, so we have to come up with some workarounds. That might just be that they do it from home instead of going into the office, or they use their phone and so they're on their wireless network instead of the Wi-Fi. Um, but that actually worked That We had one person who was just on their phone, um, didn't have their laptop. It worked out pretty well. Uh, I was surprised at how well. So every every time we do this, it feels to me like it looks better and it's getting better um, and easier to do. And yeah, this time around was. And we also had a more engaged, um, I felt like anyway, I don't know if Scott felt the same way, more engaged audience this time. We had, a, at least mm-hmm. for our first three or four sessions, um, we had a lot of questions that came in. People were starting to, you know, get how to ask a question on Twitter or, or to text or whatever it might be. And um, we had, sometimes we had too many questions. Um, it does, every time, it never fails. You know, as the sessions go on, people tend to wear out a little bit. And we get fewer and fewer questions. Um, but this this time, I would say it was probably the best that we've had. That's great. Um, and and uh, yeah, uh, interesting point that uh, folks are in, engaged at the beginning and it does tend to fade off a little bit, but at least you know, they're able to go back later too and, and see the content, which I think is a, is a great thing. Yep. Now, I, I know from you know, having put together uh, quite a few events myself that uh, you know, even with free technology and even without having to deal with committees and everything else, I mean, this, this is work. I mean, it, it does take some, some effort to, to put something like this together. So I, I'm interested, you know, what, what did the two of you get out of this? Why, why do you do it? Um, well, I'll go first. I, th- I think we probably have very different reasons for it. Um, you know, for for me, you know, there's there's a couple things. You know, n- number one, this is sort of you know my my fun sign of sideline activity. Um, you know, when I'm having you know a busy day work wise, you know, I'll just say, all right, I'm just going to do you know work on marketing CME blues for half an hour. Um, but it, it's personally, it's great marketing um, for myself and for my business. Um, I've gotten a lot of work just just by um, just by being, you know, getting my name out there and, and connecting with a lot of our faculty and getting to know a lot of people in the community. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about is we do get sponsors for for our events. Um, so our sponsors do pay money to be um, associated with CME Palooza. Um, we promote our sponsors different ways. We always have sponsor events where people can win Amazon gift cards. We started that um, last year. So I think mm. this, this was our third time going through that. Um, so, I mean, financially, you know, we do make a a little bit of money. I mean, it's not a, it's not a ton, um, but that definitely does help. Um, you know, I think Derek just, you, you just bought a new Corvette, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think with their sponsorship money, couple of them. um, yeah. So, so I, so, so I think those are sort of personally, um, you know, the reasons that, that I'm involved and, you know, I, I've got to put up with Derek, you know, so that, 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 that definitely, there, right, there, right. there definitely is a cost involved with that. Uh, so, 
<laughs> yeah, I you know when I when I first started this, <laughs> it was an interesting time because I'd just been laid off from a uh, previous job, so I had mm. lots of time to uh, dedicate. It was a good way for me uh, to stay in involved while uh, maybe not working quite as much as I had been. Um, but I, now the reason I keep doing it is. Because people seem to like it, we get we get really positive feedback. Um, I like the niche audience that we seem to have developed. It is, um, yeah. I mean, we get lots of different people who who participate, but um, it, in particular, people who don't always, you know, it costs a lot of money to send people to conferences. Yeah, um, you know, it's a thousand dollar reg fee. So. Uh, when you have a big staff or even a staff, you know, four or five people, not everyone is going to that conference. Um, so I think we, Simi Palooza gives people an opportunity to uh, further their education who maybe uh, don't have as many opportunities uh, as some others might. And I, we've gotten some really nice feedback from, you know, maybe some regional hospitals or whoever and talk about how great it is that they can, you know, they get pizza and uh, broadcast this uh, on the screen for the whole staff to be able to watch um and so people who don't have those kinds of opportunities are able able to do that so um and the fact that it isn't it isn't a huge investment in our time because if it was i just i wouldn't be able to do it anymore um that we've got the process down mm. uh, certainly having two of us doing it makes it a lot easier um and so that you know being able to work on it in the evenings or, or you know when i have a few extra minutes um keeps it that way and that's i also why we keep it i mean i'm going to say we keep it low tech i don't mean that necessarily but we've had offers people have wanted us to use their technology um to do to broadcast rather than the google hangouts but mm-hmm. you know, part of it is you know, sort of proving a point that when i again when i did this the first time i didn't even pay the 18 bucks for uh, i used the free wordpress site to I wanted to show that you could do a whole conference for complete with, for you know not any money. It helps that all of our faculty are volunteers, so right. you know we don't pay <laughs> honorary fee that that sort of thing. Um, but it is sort of to also to prove a point that you don't you don't have to spend huge amounts of money in order to put on uh, a conference with good content that people will appreciate. Definitely, definitely. And so if there are folks listening, um, you know, whether they want to do this themselves or whether they want to do it as part of their organization, uh, but to, to try something like CM Meepalooza for their particular profession, what are, what are some of the key points of advice uh, that, that you would give? I mean, I think whenever you're using new technology, whether it's Google Hangouts or something else, um, certainly test, test, test. Um, you know, make sure that you are familiar with the technology. Make sure you know how it works. Make sure that you have some idea how to troubleshoot problems. Um, I think one of the one of the one of the big things that that I think Derek and I always emphasize, and I mentioned this earlier, is that we will always get on with all of our faculty. In the weeks before their session, um, just to just to, and you know that familiarizes themselves with the platform, <clears throat> and it helps forestall some some problems up front. Um, and you know it takes time to build an audience. I think when Derek did this the first time, like I said, he did it on his own. Um, you know he kind of hit, he kind of had his network, but now you know we're building our network slowly, 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 word of mouth. A lot is word of mouth. Um, and 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 we we've sort of been able to sort of build a personality. Derek said people really enjoy it because I mean we're we're a fun event. Um, you know Derek and I have fun with it, um, and that's sort of how we branded 
you know, the conference, I don't know that we necessarily planned it that way, but that's just sort of how it's morphed. Um, and we sort of been able to, to kind of leverage that to, you know, to, to, to the benefit of the events. Yeah. I, uh, and I would say, you know, don't be, don't be afraid to, to fail, uh, because you're gonna, no matter how well you plan and, uh, um, review your materials beforehand, something will likely, uh, there'll be some sort of a glitch. I mean, even our the last one we did, not not this past one, but I guess back in the uh, back in the fall, my my laptop spontaneously shut down right in the middle of a session. Oh wow! <laughs> and then, but at the very first one of the day, of course, too. Um, and you know, I got back on, was able to get everyone back on the hangout, and we continued on. Um, but things happen, uh, and that's part of the reason we keep a little bit of a lighter tone as well, because if you're taking yourself so seriously, and then something goes wrong, it I think it just uh, makes it exponentially worse than if you're, you're already keeping sort of a light tone. Something happens, oh well, everyone just sort of shrugs their shoulders and, and goes on uh, with it. It also, I think, has worked to our advantage as well because I think that we do uh, have faculty who maybe are willing to say a little more in this sort of a setting than they would in a more formal conference setting, mm. uh, you know, standing up front with a suit and tie on. That's a good um, point. The, yeah, the looser environment. Uh, I think helps uh, with with the interaction between, and we do. We should say as well, most of the sessions we do are panel sessions. So it's more more than just we do a, have an occasional with one person doing a presentation. But for the most part, it's panel, it's interactive. Um, so I think that's sort of a tone. Um, the informality of all of it is to our benefit. Well, that's great, and I, I think. Uh you know, uh, Scott, I think you've made the point uh, a number of times throughout the interview about, you know, not not taking yourselves too seriously, having kind of a, a sense of fun, a sense of, of humor about it. And I think that provides the context where you, you, you can take some of those risks that, that you're talking about, uh, Derek. And I think that's that's probably a major lesson really for uh, any individual or organization uh, thinking about doing something like this or, or, or just thinking about their their education business in, in general. I think we all tend to get a little a little too serious, take ourselves a little too seriously. That doesn't mean don't be professional. You guys are obviously very professional about this, but but uh, uh, but definitely there there's there is room to have fun while you are learning and uh, and that's actually maybe a good um, segue to uh, a, a final question that we like to ask everybody who comes onto the leading learning podcast and that is what are your own lifelong learning habits and practices I mean what do you do to you know stay on top of your game build knowledge build skills uh, grow personally in in your own life ooh that's a Good one. Um, I would say for me, one of the things that I've done, and this started, it's been maybe about five years ago when I really, maybe it's been longer than that, I'm getting old. Um, uh, Social media, particularly Twitter and others, has been uh, a great uh, boost to my own personal learning. I was. I've been amazed at how much uh, that I can learn from others, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on uh, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, whatever it might be. The number, my, the number of resources available to me, um, just increased dramatically. That you know, I found things I never would have found uh, if it wasn't for that. And so I've become a pretty big proponent uh, of social media for professional use. I mean, I have my, you know, of course my own for uh, outside of work, but uh, for professional resources as well um, mm. has been a, a huge boost for me. Great. 
Yeah, and I, I, I have the, you know, one of the nice things. I live in downtown Philadelphia. I'm only a few, few blocks away from the, um, the, the main branch of the Free Library here. And my wife always kind of, you know, when I, when I, I'll bring home a stack of books every time I go there. And, and my wife always looks at me like, "What exactly did you bring home this time?" And I just grab random stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the, one of the things I, one of the things I always emphasize to my son, you know, he's six, is you know, always feed your brain. So, you know, read a lot. Um, and, you know, try to become well-educated and well-rounded, um, you know, both within your profession. So I'll read, you know, stuff about healthcare and, me- and medicine for sure, but um, outside of it as well. Um, find what you're interested in. Uh, um, become become as expert in those areas as you can, um, whether it has anything to do with your professional life or not. Just, you know, I think it helps become a well-rounded and, and, and interesting person. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for uh, for sharing your practices. And uh, as we're wrapping up here, um, you know, I'll I'll note again that you know listeners can of course find out all about uh, CME Palooza at cmepalooza.com. You can get the archive, so you can go back and you know, watch this year, watch watch previous uh, events uh, by going to cmepalooza.com slash archive. Um, and and for the two for each of you personally, are, are there you know good ways that folks might be able to connect with you, whether that's on social media or by email or whatever the case might be, if, if they want to follow up and, and find out more? Sure. So for me, it's, uh, you know, my website is is www.medmed, so medcasewriter.com. My hashtag on Twitter is medcasewriter. Um, so either one of those is fine. Um, I also use LinkedIn a lot, so um, folks can find me on there as well. Great. Uh, yeah, and for me, Twitter, I'm at the CME guy, um, and email the CME guy at gmail.com. Um, I'd also like to, if I may, in closing, I have to talk about one of my quick pet peeves um, and something I'm very passionate about, and that Please is the do. correct spelling of CME Palooza. It's with a small P, right? It is with a small P, right. capital C, capital M, capital E, Palooza, all one word, lowercase Palooza, all one word. Excellent. Well, I'm glad cool. to spread the word about that. I, I was actually spelling it incorrectly myself at first, and then I realized that I wrote I an entire brand. blog entry all about that, and people still can't get it right. Well, and I will I will note too as we're wrapping up that, that Derek, I can see Derek by video here, and uh, he is wearing the CME Palooza T-shirt, and y'all, y'all really need to set up an order form on the site so that people can. It's a collector's get the, item. It's a collector's, collector's item. item. Well, if you, if you go public with it, you know, make, make sure that people know. So, well, great uh, guys, thanks thanks so much. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to to be on the Leading Learning Podcast. Sure, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jeff. That wraps up our interview with Derek Warnick and Scott Kober. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks again to Castle, a full-service certification and licensure testing company that also offers a variety of learning solutions capabilities. You can find out more about Castle's custom learning solutions at leadinglearning.com slash castle. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 83. And while you're there, you'll also see the various options that we have for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're not already subscribed and you're getting value out of the podcast, we'd be truly grateful if you would subscribe. We would also be grateful if you'd take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. Go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. We would really appreciate this and it helps others find the podcast. Last but not least, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. Or if uh, you want to send the word out by some other channel, you can take the language in that tweet and put it into LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever your social media network of preference is. 
Thanks again and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey.